Hey guys, just a heads up, today we're going to be talking about some sensitive topics. So if you have some triggers that relate to sexual assault, we're just giving you fair warning right now. You might want to skip out on this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Alpaca My Bags. I'll pack my bags to go anywhere, anytime. How about you guys? Yes, we will. Nice. Um, So on this episode, we're talking about traveling in Morocco. And we are talking about it through the framework of female identity, more specifically as a Western woman. Um, But before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to introduce today's guest. Her name is Bella, and this is actually the first time we've met. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so we were brought together by our producer here, Katie, um, who knew that we had both been to Morocco and thought that we would have some things to say about it. And both know we're ardently feminist, which I think was probably a key contributing factor. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So I wanted to start by prefacing this conversation with the fact that obviously traveling as a woman, especially a solo woman, um, is very different than traveling as a man. Um, While traveling worldwide carries risks for all individuals, it's an unfortunate reality that some travelers are at greater safety risk. And this is often due to their gender, their gender identity, sexual identity, ethnicity, and other markers of identity. I thought we should share some of the things we've done to feel safe while traveling. And I want to share this because I think it's important to explain the things that women do while they're traveling to protect themselves. And sometimes it may come off as paranoid, but that still means something. It still means that we we don't feel safe. So I'm going to go through a little list here. Pepper spray. Have you ever traveled with pepper spray? I haven't. Um, mainly more because of the level of work that it would take to go and find it than finding it efficient. Anywhere I travel, I always use carry-on only. So unfortunately Same. for things like bringing a Swiss army knife to every single country or using pepper spray, which obviously is a liquid. You can't do it. Um, but that being said, there was a couple times where I did buy a Swiss army knife once I got to a country just to know that I had some type of weapon on me. Yep. Same. So I, I've never used this, but I've actually read that there's now these keychains that have like blaring alarms that you can carry with you. And if you feel threatened, you can hit the button and it'll blare this alarm to draw attention to yourself. I thought that was a pretty cool tool for women to carry around while they're traveling. On the knife on the knife subject, I definitely carried a knife in India, mainly because I was afraid of the street dogs because I felt like they were going to eat me. Um, getting attacked by dogs, getting attacked by men, you know. <laughs> Can draw some similarities there. Um, sound traps in hotels. Have you ever done this? Uh, no. Okay. It's actually genius. I've been doing this mainly when I travel by myself, but you just find tools around the hotel room and you go to the door and you pile them up so that if the door opens, it makes sound. Oh, that's so very like smart. That. You know, I wish I had known that for a very specific hostel. It stated in Morocco, so that's very topical. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw this hilarious thread online on this. I'm sure some of our listeners know this group. It's called Girls Love Travel. It's a really great Facebook group where just like women talk about their travels abroad. Um, and this woman posted this hilarious album of photos of her different sound traps all over the world. And some of them were pretty comical. Um, fake wedding ring. Have you done it? 
I have not. And here's, this is where my feminism gets the best of me, is that I refuse to use the trope of another man to get a man to respect me. And so even though I have definitely heard about people using it and people feeling safer or it being effective to get guys to go away, there's this side of me that's just like, I refuse, like, respect me. Like, I should be the one that you're listening to, not like the man you've never met on my ring finger. Yeah. Also, like, I'm not convinced it works. I've read really conflicting things on this. Like, some women have written in forums that it doesn't work. So, who knows? Uh, fake boyfriend? Ever told someone you have one? Uh, I will more insinuate again because I'm like, oh, I can't just like, Ugh, but I'll kind of like make it obvious that I'm with other people or mm-hmm. like, you know, insinuate a group of males so that there's a certain level of intimidation. Yeah, totally. I definitely, like, on dance floors in Costa Rica would do that. We'd just, like, search for the closest backpacker that was male and be like, yeah, he's my boyfriend. (laughs) Um, Lots of fake phone calls in cabs for me, often. Yes, and also, um, like, texting and pretending to take photos while I'm in the cab. Kind of the concept of, like, oh, if I kidnap and murder this person, there's going to be photos online from my vehicle. Like, that sort of thing. Just that... That crazy level of paranoia, because I'm like, honestly, if someone's that committed, probably just going to do it, but makes me feel better. <laughs> okay, here's a good spin to that that I've thought of. You drop, like, a social media channel in the conversation, like, oh, have you seen this on Instagram? And then they think, oh, she's, like, on the internet right now. She's traceable. Yeah, 100%. That's a whole nother level to that paranoia. With the fake phone calls as well, I often do the like, yes, I am meeting someone. Someone is expecting me at my destination. Going out at night alone in foreign countries. Do you do it? Uh, no. Um, yes and no. So the first night that I got to Morocco, I took like a 20 euro Ryanair flight, which of course didn't get in until like 1.30. And then I had to take a train and then I had to get in a cab. So I literally ended up in Gemma Alphana in Marrakesh at like 2.30 in the morning. And I just remember being in this cab and being like, this is how I die. I I remember it's the one of the few times traveling where I was like, you are very, very dumb. Like you made a terrible decision. And I ended up at the hostel and it ended up being totally fine. But I just remember the cab going past a group of men who were all like drinking tea. No one really drinks alcohol there, but all drinking tea outside and him stopping and asking for directions and them seeing me alone in the cab. And it was just this feeling of like intense anxiety like I've never felt before and I remember being one of the very very few moments when I was traveling where it wasn't just that feeling of that constant like discomfort because you're being smart like a genuine feeling of discomfort because I was being stupid so after that I was like you need to be smarter about the decisions and the itineraries you're making and I did not go out late Mm -hmm. at night after that um so that covers traveling alone at night big no-no um modest clothing yeah this is a weird one for me because um I think on a respect level for the country you're in it's definitely valid to be wearing whatever is appropriate for that area that being said I didn't find that wearing modest clothing in Turkey India or Morocco made any difference to how people talked to me or treated me like it's it's so apparent that I'm incredibly white. It's so apparent that I'm not mm-hmm. from the country that I was still treated in a different way um, and still treated, you know, obviously as someone who wasn't Muslim or who wasn't of, mm-hmm. like, the area. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm blonde. 
um, when I was in India, I was extra blonde because of the sun. And people would always say, like, why don't you cover your hair? That will help. It doesn't help. Like, they can just tell by the way you're dressed, by the way you look, your height. Everything gives away that you're a Western woman. Sending communications to people. Yes. So when I was away, I would do it over Facebook. I would just, like... I had a couple different friends that I was in constant communication with more or less. And so I would tell them, you know, like, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm staying. Um, I did it in Morocco for hostels, but another thing, and this is a story for another day is that I used um, Tinder a lot to couch surf when I was in Europe. And so that was my big one of being like, okay, like if I die, (laughs) this man is going down. And so I would send like information, pictures of the person, like his whole Tinder profile. Um, But yes, I definitely aggressively used the location thing. And next time I go traveling, I would definitely use the um, the Apple like iPhone location where you can send your location to friends. So that yeah. people just always know where I'm at as soon as I sign into Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, same. I always begrudgingly did it for my parents because they would be like, tell us the address of every place you're staying at. And I would do that. But nowadays, like, I guess like because I've matured, I've realized it's actually a really good thing to do. It's like when you're a little kid and you're so bitter that your parents make you wear your winter jacket and your snow pants. And then you're like, ah, oh, they were just looking out. I miss, I miss those days. <laughs> okay, this is, this is a controversial one. And I know you'll feel controversial about it. Tacking onto groups of male travelers in hostels for um, your self-preservation. Yes. So th- this happened more just by happenstance than me making an active effort of it. Morocco was one of the only countries where I constantly had someone and constantly had someone who was male that I was traveling with from each city. Um, Looking back on it, I definitely don't regret it. I'm very, very happy that it happened because some of the most awkward and uncomfortable interactions I found were when you were traveling because you're like on a bus, people know that you're all alone, that sort of thing. I could see it being very uncomfortable. Um, and so I honestly would say that like, if it makes you feel more comfortable, 100% do it. Like it's about safety at the end of the day. And like I say with all of my things where I'm like, I'm just being like a vehement feminist, but I know that it's probably a detriment in the end. Like you want to wear that wedding ring, boo, you do you. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. And I think we should emphasize that. Like, it's all about what you need to do to make yourself feel safe and whatever you're comfortable with. Because I've met lots of women who have like barely the degree degree of paranoia that I have when they travel. And like, that's cool. If, if they're comfortable with that, then they're comfortable with that. I think it's all about like just doing what works for you. So now we're going to talk about the reputation that Morocco has as a travel destination, specifically for women. Um, and that is a notorious one. Um, if you Google travel Morocco as a woman, lots of discussion is going to come up. I learned of this debate um, through the backpacking grapevine. Um, so just like chatting with people that I met, mostly in European hostels. I had a friend who told me that she had flown into Marrakesh, stayed a couple days. She intended to stay longer and ended up leaving because she felt right off the bat so uncomfortable. Um, and so that was when I first thought, oh, maybe, maybe I don't want to do that one alone. And then in 2017, Forbes published an article titled Most Dangerous Places in the World for Women, and Morocco was listed as second on account of petty crime and cultural perceptions of women. If you search online, there's plenty of discussion boards that discuss women's safety and experiences while traveling there. 
Uh, one woman in a post on Reddit states that while traveling to Morocco, she and her sister experienced constant, relentless, and the most exhausting level of harassment they have ever dealt with while traveling. Another woman writes that she has happily traveled across four continents, completely solo, but while in Morocco, never once felt comfortable, despite covering up, despite not wearing makeup, and actively trying to be as unobtrusive and unnoticeable as possible. I've read about women travelers being followed. I even, and I couldn't find the link for this to put in the show notes, but I remember reading this terrifying article once about this woman who had rocks thrown at her by this man who followed her for like blocks. I think this was in Tangier. So that's the notorious side. But of course, there's always a flip side. American travel blogger, her name is Sylvia from Heart My Backpack, writes of her experience traveling Morocco like this. She writes, Most everyone I interacted with was incredibly kind, going out of their way to help me and make me feel welcomed. Hassling wasn't a problem. Sure, there was some extra attention in places like Marrakesh and Chefchaouen, but I never heard of any of the rude comments I had been warned about, and no one pursued things. I'm just gonna get a little dig in here. Do it. Um, I have a huge problem with the current influencer culture, and I feel like a lot of influencers really like to sugarcoat things because people love to follow people that seem more glamorous and more great than them. Also, looking from a level of privilege, what kind of stay you're having in Morocco is going to be hugely affected by the places that you're staying and the experiences that you're buying. So looking at this person give this like really cute, adorable, sugar-coated version of this, I just have so many questions. Like, sis, where were you staying? Like, how many free hotel rooms were you going in? Like, all of these different things are going to hugely affect this. And it seems like she kind of just like even says, yeah, sure, there was a little bit of extra attention. Like, sis, I know exactly what that means. You're not fooling anybody. Like, if you've been to Morocco, you know what she's talking about. And she's like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, I really feel like it's the... The difference between like when you go to a bar and some guy won't leave you alone and your friends are like, it's not that bad. And you're like, it's that bad. It's really annoying. And it's totally subjective. And this is literally why I wanted to do this podcast because the amount of times I have had girls say that they want to go to Morocco because they saw some really cool version of it on Instagram and now they want to go and check it out. And I'm like, I need to tell you so many things before you go so that you can have the best experience possible. This whole review drives me crazy. I'm like, no, like you should be telling people what is actually happening and what was going on. And also just like checking your privilege to say that because I really doubt that anyone who's going there and reading your travel blog is going to be staying in five star hotels and not like slumming it in hostels. I would actually love to ask her what kind of trip she had. I also want to know how long she was there because I have noticed discrepancy in experiences can be based on time because I met people in Marrakesh who were there for like three days and claimed they were having the best experience. And I was like, I've been here for weeks and I'm not having the best experience because I've had time to notice these things that are happening around me. It's a lot easier to ignore harassment when you're still in the like day one day two day three experience of a new place you're not tuned into those things in the same way it's kind of like the honeymoon period of a trip you know when you first get somewhere and you're like this is so beautiful so you're not aware of all the things that are happening around you in reality yeah and another key question would be to know whether sylvia has you know the quote-unquote instagram boyfriend that she was walking around with because 
as we've said, we were talking before the podcast, my experience walking through a market as a female alone, as a female with another female, and as a female with a male was hugely different. The level of respect that I was treated with when I was with a man was completely different than walking with another female and even more respect difference between just walking alone. Like it was an awful experience anytime I was outside by myself in comparison to being with other people and especially being with other males. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually read that a lot of women hire private guides while they're in Morocco. So maybe this was the case for her, but she didn't say. Be interesting to ask her. Um, Yeah, so I found similar accounts of women writing that, yes, there was some harassment or none at all. Overall, they had a fantastic experience. But like anything, experiences will differ based on factors. So like it could be your perception of events or even your awareness of what is going on around you. But also factors of like how long you were in a certain location. Because like in my experience... Marrakesh was way, way worse than Chef Shaolin. 100%. Chef Shaolin was super chilled out. Down in the Sahara, like, no problems. Very chill. I think for me, Marrakesh and Fez were the worst. I didn't go to Tangier, but I heard that Tangier was awful. Tangier is awful. It really seems to me like the level of severity is based on how many tourists are in the city. Um, I think because Marrakesh and Tangier are so saturated with tourists that people are just like screw it, you're going to be here no matter what, it doesn't matter how I act. Whereas places like Chef Shawin, um, and you know, it'd be interesting to see what it's like now because it's become so much more popular since when I was there a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, people were just very grateful, very nice. Um, not to say that I didn't experience things there, but it was definitely less severe than when I was in other cities. Mm-hmm. For sure. I had the same experience. Um So yeah, like we haven't really talked about our personal experiences in depth. So let's open it up to you. Just tell us about your trip. Yeah, so I was there for about two weeks, I want to say. Like I said, very grateful that I always had other males that I was traveling with. And it just happened to be the equivalent of reading week in Europe. So there was a lot of um, Americans and Canadians who were going to school in other places in European cities who were there in Morocco. So it was great in terms of meeting other people in hostels. Really good in terms of that. But it was exhausting. I think people don't talk enough when they talk about traveling that backpacking is a great experience but it's not a vacation it's very exhausting going to other cities traveling around staying in hostels you know if you're traveling by yourself meeting other people all the time all of those elements are really exhausting and while I 100% nothing I want to do more than encourage other people to travel you also need to be real with people so that they aren't put off when they go to places Um, And so Morocco was a special kind of exhausting specifically because you are dealing with that harassment. And I would say it's not even just females. It's a special kind for females. But if you're a male traveling to Morocco as well, you know, that constant hassling that as Westerners we're not used to in terms of like bartering culture and their concept of marketing is basically yelling at you and screaming at you (laughs) and doing anything to get your attention. And it is just relentless, relentless. That being said, yeah, I definitely had some really offside experiences that I wouldn't wish on anybody. I specifically remember being in Tangier and um, listening to the new Taylor Swift album, as you do when you're trying to ignore people, put the headphones on. And um, I was just like 
not trying to make eye contact with anybody. It was like my last day there. I was so over everything. And this guy literally physically stopping me in the streets and shaking me to get my attention. And then just being like, you should smile, beautiful. Like actually something out of like a 1960s novel. Like I was just like, what era are we in? Like, I felt like, I feel like we make the joke about you should smile, sweetie, so much. And you never really experience it on that level. And to have that actually happen was just so jarring and so off-putting and just really like borderline traumatic almost. Just that understanding of your concept of autonomy does not exist while you are in that country. It was very, it was very eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably one of the biggest ones for me while I was there. Um, when I was in Chef Shawin, which is kind of the circle around, um, I do agree in that the overall it was a lot less aggressive, but um So when I was there, I was traveling with about three or four different Australian guys. And um, we stayed at this hostel or hotel, I guess, that was five euros a night. Like, couldn't do better. It was so cheap. Um, And you obviously, like, you fill out your info and they scan your passport, whatever. And then the guy was like, oh, like, I'll be sure to, like, you know, keep in touch with all of you. And you you don't think about it. It's just one of those, like, silly comments. Um, And then he sent me, like, this entire email in extremely broken English about, like, how beautiful I am and how he'll always remember my smile and, like, please, like, contact him and all of this stuff. And it was, like, it wasn't... I didn't feel unsafe. I just felt extremely uncomfortable because it was just, like, this concept of someone feeling like that was an appropriate thing to do. Like, literally take my personal information from a hotel directory and feel the need to send me, like, a creepy love note. Wait, did you receive the note while you were staying No, afterwards. He sent the whole thing to me. But it was one of those things where that, to your point about paranoia, I feel like women always deal with this concept of, you know, like, am I making too much of a thing of it or is it actually happening? Um, And that's kind of how I felt when I was traveling with these Australian dudes, like really feeling like this guy was like getting a little bit too close to me or like all of these different things. And I was like, oh, just like brushing it off because I didn't want to make a thing of it. And then when I got this email, I was like, okay, no, that was definitely something that was happening and definitely not cool. And to that point, I think that was one thing that I would say about Morocco is that I think that a lot of the time I didn't specifically feel unsafe. I just felt deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And depending on your level of trauma or uh, triggers or whatever that is, like it might not be worth it for you because the level of discomfort that I felt there was so constant that that in and of itself was just a lot to handle. Um, And so even though... I genuinely can't say to someone, you know, like, you know, I felt really unsafe when I was in Morocco because I didn't, minus that first night there in the alleyway at 2.30 in the morning. It was just deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And while I want to encourage women to travel and experience as many things as possible, sometimes it's not worth it. And sometimes it's just too much to put yourself out there for. And I think that that is really the most important takeaway is that no matter what experience a country can offer you, your own comfort is the most important at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm like your description of your experience there as being exhausting is so perfect because that was my experience too it wasn't that I felt like unsafe all the time I just felt so uncomfortable I was mentally exhausted and another element of that for me personally because I was surrounded by like male travelers the entire time I felt like I constantly had to justify to them why I was uncomfortable. 
and I became so, I, I literally became angry because the men around me were having such a great time. And I was like, you just have no concept of how this is a completely different trip for me. They were like raving about how kind people were. They were like willing to walk with like people and being led off to shops and stuff. And I was like, you have no idea how this impacts like my sense of safety. And I got upset with one of my male companions at one point because we were approached by a guy who wanted us to come see his shop. And I felt uncomfortable and tried to explain this to my male companion and he just couldn't understand. He was like, well, it's just a guy. Like he just wants to show us his shop. And I was like, we don't know where he's leading us. Like we don't know what he's showing us. Who knows? Like he could rob us. And I just felt so paranoid in that moment. And deep inside, I know that that paranoia was real, not real, warranted, but like, it's just so obvious to me in that in moments like that how different our experiences as female travelers compared to men like they have such a privilege in their privilege of experiencing places positively they don't understand that discomfort and that really frustrated me and on that trip that whole trip I was like I would almost prefer to be traveling with women because then I would have someone to vent to who would understand why I feel so exhausted and upset and unsafe Yeah. And, you know, to continue that point, I think, like I said, there's so many things in Morocco with like bartering and, you know, constantly having people try and sell you things for 10 times the cost and all of that. And so many things that men also deal with that's exhausting. It's, um, it's kind of funny that like men can't often realize like how much more it is for women where it's like, okay, you're just like, they're just trying to take money from you. Like I have a vagina. This is like a totally (laughs) different experience in terms of the things that men are trying to get from me or shame me for all of the time while I'm here. It's really quite shocking that guys don't get often why you're like, I don't want to be here. This is uncomfortable. It's just so inherently obvious to us as women. So it is, uh, it's ironic and maybe not funny, but interesting. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely my first real experience of culture shock. And it's interesting because I didn't realize that until after I left Morocco. Like while I was there, I was like, this is just shitty. I feel like a second class citizen. But then I realized like my my rights were stripped of me, like my sense of self was stripped of me. I was just like something to be ogled at and harassed. And I had never experienced that kind of like change from the comfort of my home life. And like Canada isn't perfect, but like when you go to a place like Morocco, you really realize like I have it good. Yeah, I really needed to decompress. It took me a long time to gain peace of mind to like really look at the Morocco trip and see what I gained from it in terms of. Mm knowledge and peace of mind and really understanding my privilege simply by birthright of living in Canada and so many different things. Another thing, I don't know if this is just a common myth that Moroccans believe or whether it is truly within their laws, but I remember being upset or making a comment or talking about something at the hostel, just talking about how men treat you in the streets and stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't ever specifically feel unsafe, but I do often feel very, very uncomfortable. And this young female at the hostel told me, she's like, oh, um, you know, Moroccan men would never rape or kill a tourist because the fine or like the life sentence or whatever is much greater than if they were to do that to a Moroccan woman. And that was just... 
I so many different ways to describe it. Like so awful to say a relieving because it's so awful to think about the fact that it's like, so all of these other women's lives are going to be compromised because mine is considered more important because of its economic value to tourism. That was, that was really a lot, but it was relieving to know that, you know, these men have this perception of like not touching me, but so awful. And that, that to me was another really big moment that I come back to that it was not a good experience, but it just put the concept of privilege in such a, just so crystal clear in that moment to really recognize that, you know, like as a white female, I have so many privileges. And that one was just one that really, really hit me. So that was my experience. I don't know if you have anything to add to that or any different ways that you felt while you were there in terms of your level of safety or level of feeling uncomfortable. Mm. I feel very conflicted about the Morocco trip because there were some incredible experiences that I had on that trip. Morocco was, I, I don't know why, I was just always obsessed with going there. I had this thing about the Sahara Desert. Like, I really wanted to visit the Sahara Desert. Um, This was one of my, like, top bucket list life items. And I did that there, and the entire experience was incredible. Um, But on the flip side, I had some very awful experiences, including, like, the worst experience of harassment I've ever had in a foreign country. Actually, like, in my life, I would argue. Um, And... It's interesting because there's such contrast, like compared to what I had been doing earlier that day. I had broken off from the guys I was chilling with and I went to a local hammam, which was for women only. And it was super, super local. I had like very carefully researched this place. So it was like less than a dollar to go in. And it was really interesting because you don't see women in the public sphere in Morocco. I'm sure you notice that. 100%. Like, yeah. They're just not... They're just not out. You just don't see them. And so you go to the Tamam and it's like a peek into this culture that like is not visible because it's the domestic sphere. Um, and so I went in, like barely spoke French, obviously didn't speak Arabic. Um, and these elderly like Moroccan women were helping me, showing me what to do, like dumping buckets of water on me. And it was just amazing. I loved it. I loved just like having a taste of of that that female culture in Morocco and leaving I felt great and it was like 15 minute walk back to the hostel all good I popped my headphones in I thought like this will be fine I'm just gonna ignore all the whistles on the way home because I was feeling great um to get to the hostel I had to go through a series of alleyways as is normal in Marrakesh took out the headphones um started walking through didn't see anyone and thought okay I'm in the clear it's safe um And I'll note like it was midday. This was like two in the afternoon. I walked past a young man who I think was probably 14 or 15, very young teenager. And um, I turned a corner and, you know, when you can sense someone behind you, I instantly felt it. And I felt him grab my arm and he asked me for money, to which I said no. And then he asked me again for money and I said no. And next thing I knew, he had pushed me up against a wall and was like aggressively groping me up against this wall. No one in this alleyway, I was completely alone. And I started screaming until some people came out of a nearby apartment and he ran away. I guess because that would be a big fine if he was caught. So awful. And I was a mess. Like, And this happened literally like a meter away from the front door of the hostel. And I, I, 
I went into the hostel and was bawling, like completely destroyed. Um, and the staff were just like, oh, you'll be okay. Like just no recognition. <laughs> oh like, and I told them, I was like, you need to f- warn your, the women that are staying in this hostel, like this kid is around and they just wouldn't have it. I just, n- you never felt acknowledged. Like my, I didn't have a voice there. Um, I'm really thankful that the men that were in that hostel were let me talk about it because I needed to talk about what had happened because it was very traumatic and stressful. Um, and in the end, like they gave me a sense of security. I think like if those people hadn't been around me, I probably would have left. And this was like day two of the trip. It was very early in. Early on, just totally tainting the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, to to your point, I there was a lot of great people that I met in Morocco. I definitely don't want to paint the brush that, you know, I felt this from every single person, but it you did feel it so strongly when it happened and that was that intense feeling of hatred towards you because you were western like mm. and you know obviously presenting as white and living in Canada I've never had to deal with that and it it is so jarring just that that deep intense feeling of hatred that you would receive from people like having people spit at you or call you a whore or just so many different awful things um and, you know I said before about like the the whiteness of it but while I don't want to discredit white privilege, there also, I definitely know there was other people I was staying in the hostel with who were black. I remember there being a black girl that I went out with a couple of times. You know, I wouldn't say that it was any less for her going out because it was so obvious that she was American. Mm. Um, and she was, you know, a black girl with short hair and kind of just like doing her own thing, looked a little bit more edgy. And you could definitely also feel that hatred of someone who was black and being a woman in her own way um, was also receiving that level of hatred and that level of discomfort because of that um it was it was definitely an experience that I wouldn't give up for anything because it was so eye-opening but at the same time I do not wish on anybody so oh no and the thing and that particular event the thing that was the most infuriating for me was the fact that this was a child like a child felt that he had the right to do that to me a child is more human than I am because he's male. Yeah. Yeah. It really says a lot about the culture that's being ingrained there. And I mean, so many other countries, but you specifically experienced in Morocco, just knowing that that, that concept of male privilege that this child has clearly grown up with and feeling like he has that is only going to continue into his marriage later in life. Mm, yeah. Lovely. Well, I think, okay. So you, you were going to tell us about like, cases in which this could be a learning experience like is there a reason to go to Morocco like if you want to check your own privilege (laughs) yes go to Morocco um yeah you you put it really well earlier today tell us about it yeah I think um I think for me anytime I go somewhere and go and travel um I I think the concept of going somewhere and, you know, living like a local is totally non-existent. I think that people are totally kidding themselves if they think that they're going anywhere and not getting the tourist experience. But that being said, I do try and go and definitely try to experience things as 
authentically as I possibly can to really understand the culture. Um, And, you know, for Morocco, it's kind of the opposite. You know, I went there and you're never going to experience that. It's just so obvious that you're not from there. Um, And that in and of itself really, I think, was the takeaway for me was really recognizing like how privileged I am to be able to travel anywhere, understanding a culture that is so different from Canada's and all the privileges that I'm given living in this country. And, you know, that isn't to negate from all of the great places that I also went in Morocco. It's definitely an extremely beautiful country. The food is amazing. All of the markets are so beautiful. Like they're not Photoshopping places that aren't real when you see it on Instagram. It might have a great filter on it, but it is truly that beautiful when you go there. Um, you just really, really need to be warned. And I think... Um, And I think decide whether or not the level of triggers and the level of discomfort that's there is right for you. I think too often people go to places and it's like I spent all this money that has to be the best experience ever and I have to tell everyone it was great and I have to find the silver lining. But you know what? Like sometimes it just sucks and you just, that is the takeaway. That is what it is. And so I think honestly for me, Morocco was a lot of that was like finding the silver linings through it. Um, but it might not be for everybody. And I think that really is something important for women to think about before going. Absolutely. I think you're entirely right. And, and people needing to, cons- I think a big part of it is asking yourself why you're going there. What is it you want to get out of Morocco? Is it just to like take some sweet Instagram photos? If that's the case, you might want to protect yourself, like do a more luxurious trip, go on a tour, hire a guide. There are ways to do it that will insulate you from these experiences experiences but if you're more like an intrepid backpacker you might want to consider these things um and so to finish we want to talk about some things that we think you can do to keep yourself safe in morocco and this is like specifically for morocco um so first obviously dress modestly we did say that this doesn't always help but i think it's better to err on the side of respecting a culture and that is the cultural norm there um Avoid going out after the, after dark, especially in empty alleyways. What are some ideas you have? Um, I would definitely say, um, what would I say? This is a really good question. Um, <laughs> I did buy a knife when I was in Morocco, so that <laughs> also was helpful. Um, and in comparison to other places where I might have sought out more of the authentic non-tourist experience Mm -hmm. um, in Morocco, I definitely just kind of stuck to the main roads and stuck to what was being offered to me. I think I I recognize that uh, no matter how much you want to get that real experience, um, sometimes the real experience in a country is not the one you want as a female. So (laughs) yeah, I did the same. Um, Some, some little tips I picked up while I was there was to avoid eye contact with men Um, And definitely never reveal that you're alone. Um, I was also taught at one point the Arabic word for shame. And basically I learned like if you're groped or someone is following you, touching you, assaulting you, you have to make a scene. um, And they tell you to yell Hashuma. I don't actually know if that's how you say it anymore because this was a while back. But if you're listening and you want to you want to use this word, it's spelt H-S-H-O-U-M-A. If you Google it, the internet will tell you how to pronounce that. Um, And then, of course, like, watch out for common scams. There are lots of them. So many. More (laughs) so than any country in any market I have been to. Yeah. Um, Especially, this isn't so much about safety, but just getting scammed. So many women there with um, henna pens 
who will come up to you and just grab your arm and not let go. And as soon as they have any bit of henna on you, will demand money. Mm, yeah. Um, if you take a photo of anything or anybody who is an entertainer, they are doing that specifically to charge people money for photos. I think that's really important because a lot of people don't realize that. Um, I actually noticed that Moroccans really hate having their photo taken like in any context though because I was traveling at one point with a photographer and he took like a sneaky photo of this guy who was painting a house and the guy came like running down the alleyway screaming at him and made him delete the photo so watch out for that too interesting anyone with you know the little monkeys who do shows or the snakes or anything like that like so much abuse so much animal abuse like I've heard so many terrible things about them drugging the animals or like starving them into domesticity so many different things are just really horrific and just like nothing is worth that photo of like that snake or whatever it may be so those people were terrifyingly aggressive I am not like I hate monkeys and got very uncomfortable every like I do they're creepy and they're I just don't like them and I know a lot of tourists are like yeah I want to hold the monkey I'm not that tourist and I would get like really upset to the brink of crying because they would follow you and try to like put this animal on you and I was like no like leave me alone I don't want this monkey. (laughs) And you know they're going to ask you for money. 100%. Absolutely. Another piece of advice I have, this was given to me when I was in Morocco, um, so I am bestowing this wisdom, is I took the train for pretty much everything I did there, and I took regular class the first time I went. And not that it was bad, but it's a very hot country. There's a lot of people packed in, and you are told to hold on to your belongings for dear life. So taking a six-hour train ride is pretty brutal. Um, it was suggested to me to pay the extra and go first class, and it's really not that expensive, um, both in comparison and obviously being afforded a different budget than the average Moroccan. It was a completely different experience. Honestly, so nice. Um, There was like free food, free drinks, um, different places to store everything, places to sleep and air conditioned. So if you wanted to do an overnight, for example, it was basically like spending for a hostel. So that's something I would definitely recommend. You feel a lot safer. You feel like your belongings are a lot better kept um, and generally just a, a lot better experience. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. Um, so we're going to we're going to wrap up now and I think like it's important to say in closing that the point of this discussion wasn't to deter anyone from traveling to Morocco. If if you like are dying to go, then absolutely go. Um, it's just important to educate yourself and I think that is something I didn't realize personally until afterwards or I was just like very naive about it. Um, It's important to know what your triggers are, what will make you feel deeply uncomfortable, what your threshold is for comfort, and to think about what measures for safety you're going to take if you go to Morocco. Um, And think about like what kind of trip you want to have. If you want to do intrepid backpacking, be aware that it it will be difficult. Um, Whereas if you're doing like a luxury, luxury, all-inclusive tour, you'll likely have an easier experience. Um, and to finish, like, do you want to tell us something fun that happened in Morocco? There's a really, really beautiful hike that you can do in Chef Shawin. Um, for anyone who isn't familiar, Chef Shawin is the probably the most quintessential place in Morocco for the Instagram <laughs> pictures. It's yeah. 
completely blue. The entire city um, is blue buildings, um, but there's a really beautiful hike that you can do up a mountain to oversee the entire city. Um, I did that around sunset there and that was amazing. And then coming down, there was a nice little bar where we were all able to get drinks and enjoy the weather. So that was really, really nice. Um, and all of the teas there, I thought was really, really cool. Moroccan tea, they're really, really into peppermint tea, but they just have, they it's its own culture in and of itself, I feel mm -hmm. like. So we went to a couple of different places and they would hand pick tea assortments for you so I remember for me like they put in a little bit of like cinnamon star anise with like roses it was this really weird combination but it was so beautiful and smelled absolutely amazing um and again super super cheap and just so many beautiful things in the markets there oh I totally agree chef Shawn did you know they actually call it the smurf city I hate that <laughs> <laughs> like locals would tell me that they'd be like oh you're going to smurf city <laughs> I've never even watched the Smurfs, but I understood the reference. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, like the Sahara, absolutely. It was worth it was worth the difficulties of the trip to experience that. I admittedly have a thing for deserts and like visit deserts all over the world. So if you're not a desert person, maybe you can pass. But for me, the Sahara was like truly a magical experience. And to agree with what you were talking about earlier, I cannot stress enough that if you are a female going to Morocco, you need to go to Hamam. They're amazing. Yes. They're such a different level of spa culture and just such a good experience. And again, what you were talking about going in and seeing all the women, you know, take off their burqas, see their faces, see what mm. they were wearing and just experiencing that little bit of private culture was just really, really like beautiful almost just seeing all these women in the way that they were interacting mm. in a totally different way that you don't get to see outside. Yeah, it's really their social sphere. Um, well, yeah, so that's it for episode two of Alpaca My Bags. Um, a huge thank you to Bella for joining me on this episode. Um, another huge shout out to our producer, Katie. She's the one who makes this sound so professional and pretty. If you want to read a bit about my trip to Morocco, you can check out my site, which is www.pinatravels.ca. I've written a long piece about visiting the Sahara Desert, and I'm actually going to turn this podcast into a piece as well so that you can reference it in print online. And of course, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. If you've got comments or feedback, definitely get in touch. We are on Instagram and you can email us. The email is hello at alpacamybags.ca. Thanks for coming on, Bella. Do you have any anything you want to share in closing? Uh, no, this was really fun. Actually, I do my blogging on my own. Um, so I wrote a sex blog called for when she wakes.ca, but probably the easiest way to keep up with it is to follow my Instagram, which is Bella Black and Co. So you can know whenever I put out fun things about sexy time. Ooh. That's it for now. Hope you all get to unpack your bags sometime soon. Bye.